Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and this is episode number 123. I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Shannon. How are you doing, Shannon? I am good. How are you, Kente? How I'm excellent. Weekend? I'm excellent. Um, weekend was long. Uh, what's, it, what's that old saying? Burning the candle at both ends? basically was me uh had an early start today uh i tried to take a little cat nap and then it was like 5 30 when i woke up uh-huh. and then i said i can squeeze 10 more minutes and i said no i can't <laughs> no, it's not gonna happen so i yeah i said no because if i do that it's gonna be like 6 30 and y'all gonna be wondering where i'm at so uh if if i'm lucky so i got my butt up and came in you know, started everything. So, but no, it's all good. But I don't want to go to sleep too long because, um, you know, then I'll be up all night. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I'm glad that you are here and I'm and I'm excited about tonight's show. Um, we're, we're starting a series on, we're going to be reviewing uh, podcasters who talk about dating and relationships. And, um, and I see a podcaster in the audience too, Jada. We got to have her on as well. Um, and uh, we are blessed to have um, on our first show uh, two wonderful people. Uh, of course, we go and start off with ladies first. We have Elbany. How you doing, Elbany? I'm good. Thank you. I'm glad to be in this show with you. All right. And this is your first time on the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a life and relationship coach, and I just inspire spiritual introverted entrepreneur women to make powerful choices to mirror their vision and be the solution for change to produce a loving, healthy, harmonious relationship in their life. And um, the one thing that I, I learned from this journey is that, you know, relationships take work, and you have to do it every single day. It never ends, and um, I'm just one of those ladies that decided that I wanted to go on the journey, so I'm here. And uh, also, you forgot to add model in the back. In the back, <laughs> I love your your images in the background. That is amazing. Yes, very photogenic as well. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing that with us as well. You're welcome. Now, this guy is no stranger to the show. Uh, he's like the fifth Beatle, even though we don't have two other Beatles. Uh, <laughs> five Beatles? Yeah. Well, no, there were four Beatles. But, but it, some some said Billy Preston in the end was the fifth Beatle, so but um but uh so I guess you would be our third Beatle, so or maybe I should think of a group that has two people in it. Who, what's a two person group? As long as it's not Millie Vanilli, like <laughs> you're the third one. Hey, I love it. Another group. <laughs> I love it. You're okay. There's Millie Vanilli. So what would the third one be? The uh, Lily. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know. That, the third one would be the actual voices that they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the actual talent. You go. I love it. I love it. Well, welcome back to the show, Andre Harrison, better known as Drake. Yes. Yeah, my pleasure. Oh. Uh, Do I share about myself now? Or? Uh, yes, talk about yourself. Tell us oh, about you. I talk about myself, but I, I will, just for a little bit. Um. Like you know, and I'll give you guys a spill that I always give on my on my show. Like I um I'm not 
I don't consider myself like a, a relationship expert or a marriage expert, relationship guru. Um, I do know that I failed in my marriage and uh, I went to school to see how I can help others that was in my situation when I was going through my divorce uh, to uh, develop togetherness in their relationships so that they wouldn't have to get a divorce. So uh, I have a, a service to marry couples and engage couples and uh, families in general called Togetherness Marriage and Family Coaching in hopes to help enrich families and enrich marriages out there. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to write down that the, the fact you said that you had failed at your marriage. Um, I'm going to write it down because I want to make a point about relationship so-called failures as well. Um, so let me write that down because I'm getting old. So if I don't write it down, uh, I might not remember it. But I, before I get Huh? You got post-its all over your mirror? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got to uh, make sure. Because I'll be like, He does not have a post-it up to take his medicine, however. Well. Wait, now you're saying his age, for real. He's a <laughs> His medicine, like that. <laughs> hey, man, I, I know I look really young, but uh, I'm I'm older than you think. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think a good place to start off with before I get to that point, um, which I think will be a great point, um, is let's talk about the genesis of your your show, um, Dre, and then we'll get into how Albany uh, came to the picture. But let's just talk about that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the show was um, really just to, to help um, couples to talk about um, actual issues that married couples and uh, couples in general face in their relationships, um, unpacking those issues and and getting to uh, you know some of the root of the issues. Um, some of it has a, a male and female perspective to it, but the the premise behind it was to encourage togetherness in relationships in marriages. Um, so uh, I was doing it for a little while and I, I started to feel like there was like really once it was really one sided. Um, cause, uh, uh although I try to, to see things from a bird's eye point of view, there are certain things that I really can't truly sympathize with because I'm not a female. Uh, so I think that it's important when you have a topic like relationships that you don't come from just one particular perspective. There are people out there that, you know, let's say record videos in their cars and, um, and stuff like that. They, um, they, they come from a, a perspective that uh, could be a little bit showy. And I really didn't want that. Like I really, and I don't want it to be about, <laughs> about me. Um, I want it to be about the people that I'm hoping to help and, uh, and to, to really, you know, build marriages and having one perspective, the male perspective, and even though I try to come from the female perspective as well, um, it, it just, it would not have been that effective because I'm not a female. Uh, I've never been a wife. I'm never going to be a wife. So um, I followed Albany years ago from the Blab days. And uh, throughout the years, uh, I've been um, following her, her service and ministry to women, to married couples. And, um, and she really has content that is out there to help people, and uh, and and our ideas align because um, we, you know, I, I come from a, a more biblical Christian perspective when it comes to relationships. Not everybody does, but um, I do, and that's my that's where I I try to um, pull my a lot of a lot of the resources that I use to help people from. 
and uh, you know, watching Albany throughout the years, I was like, wait a minute. Well, maybe we could, cause she had her own podcast and she still has her own podcast. But I was thinking that, well, what if we link up and put our, pull our resources together so that we can offer uh, a two-sided perspective uh, that is, you know, Christian based, but um, uh, also talk about real issues that people face uh, in relationships. And I reached out to her and uh, I guess I'll let her share the other part of that. Hey, real, real quick, real quick before we go to Albany, um, you said you do it from a, a biblical Christian perspective. Um, where do you mind the most uh, uh, of your content from the older New Testament? Which is that better as far as uh, giving you dating perspective? Well, the, the New Testament, more or less the New Testament, I would say. Like if I pull from anywhere, it's um, the New Testament with there. But again, it's hard to say the older New Testament because everything that Jesus spoke about even in uh, Ephesians, Corinthians, when it talks about love, marriage, and Jesus's um, response to um, marriage in the Gospels was pulled from the Old Testament. Mm. So it's, it's hard to say, you know, I get it from the New Testament because everyone who got it from the New Testament pulled it from the Old, you know? True that. Okay. So. All right. So, uh, Ms. Albany, so uh, what was it um, about Dre that made you want to jump in a uh, pool with him? And uh, tell us about, you know, about your idea of how you want to uh, share your knowledge and stuff as well. So the idea of me and Dre joining forces together was that I was by myself and I wanted, I was in thoughts of having someone to join me from a second point of view, just like Dre did. I wanted to have another point of view. But for me in my journey, I actually started having conversations with males to just speak on and get a better, greater understanding of their perspective. But when um, Andre came along, I, I, was, I noticed that he was following me and I really didn't know exactly what Andre was doing. But I started peeping in to try to understand what was his perspective and then I saw it. And then one day it was just like it clicked because he had already came to me and asked me to join with him. And I kind of like, was indecisive and then one day it just happened it was like we were on the same wavelength and we really connected and, and he asked and i said yeah sure we need to do this so um i just think that for me as far as the things that i actually want people to understand from my teachings is that you know that relationships take work it does take you know someone that really truly i believe in the old soul ways of how people do i believe that love you know like you work and you give it a chance you try to work as hard as you can in your relationship while you have it and you define what it is and what it looks like i believe that love relationships are like giving from that principle of having you know a christian view i think that god is like it and so that when you're in your relationships we have to be life giving to our partners and living in forgiveness but also understanding what our values are so i just really believe that if we can come from that place and really just have you know have the desire to want to make the relationship work i think that we can kind of work it out in some form of fashion mm. and you know what if i was a, a podcast casting agent uh you guys are like the perfect uh combo you know, like you guys really are great, uh, have great chemistry with each other. And you guys really seem to be in, in, in line with each other. And it's a it's a smooth um, marriage, if you will, a podcasting marriage, if you will. And uh, I really enjoy that about you guys that how, you know, because sometimes it works doing the oil and water thing. But it's always it's also good when 
people are aligned and they have like they come from like a similar kind of background. I think that's uh, that's great as well. So um, was it a hard uh, transition to, to start working with each other? Was it easy as it seems? For me, it was easy. I felt like that yeah, so. we had similar point of views, and Andre is very easy to work with. I mean, we may do things at a at a you know like a drop of a hat, but I feel like he's easy to work with. He's open to communicate, and I think it I think it's very easy for us to to do this together. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was it was an easy um, transition. I think the the hardest part was on my part because I didn't want to make it feel like since. Um, I initially thought it that it was just now my thing. I wanted it to be something that people now going forward view it viewed it as um, something that we're doing together. This is a co-hosted show, and it's not just one person. Um, but even then, it wasn't that hard. So when I when I say that that was the hardest part of it, it wasn't really that hard. And Albany is great to work with as well, and she knows her stuff. And you know what? Absolutely. One thing that I have to say about Andre is that he really brought me in and made me feel comfortable as being a co-host. I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And you're a little, uh, little low Albany, they're saying. So if you can, uh, yeah, just cut it. Yeah. I, I, now me, myself, I get a lot of energy from my co-host Shannon. Um, and, uh, which really helps, you know, I think it makes me a better host. Uh, you know, the, the energy I get from Shannon. Now we kind of box a little bit. So it's kind of a different <laughs> dynamic because we we usually box a little bit, but it's it's in love. So um, stop telling people that story. You want people to have pity on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> <we go. laughs> yes, I definitely do need the balance, free. Um, but one thing that I what I noticed from watching a lot of content or listening to a lot of content is usually male or female base, and sometimes it works very well. But a lot of times, I think the 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 fact that a woman is not there or a man is not there, you can feel that because I'm not saying that it can't be done because there's people that do it very well. But I like to have like I like to have the balance of having the female energy, and you know I think the male energy is very good as well. And I think sometimes, and I've said this before, when there is a lack of the other, that it becomes accusatory a lot, you know, that that these men are this or these women be doing this. And one thing I love about your show, and this is something that we also try to do is you don't really blame the other, you know, it's not, Oh, these men be tripping or these women be tripping. And I really love that about your show. Um, Can you talk to the way that you feel about, you know, that, because I know you watch and listen to a lot of other stuff too. So is that something that you were going for? Is not to be like that? <laughs> want to respond first, Albany, or? Yeah, I can respond. For me, yeah. it was like, I want to hear perspectives from both parties. I do I, I do believe that, you know, there are certain podcasts and, and, you know, interviews that's done that are, you know, targeted towards just women only. And they're just actually wanting to get the women's perspective, which is okay. But I do also believe that we need to hear from the men because men don't have the support like women do. We have a lot of things open for women, but for men, we don't get them the opportunity to have an outlet. So I I like the fact that we get a mix and blend of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so do I. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and I think um, uh, 
the the whole the whole point is to help people and help relationships, and um, uh, and 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 yes, uh, I, would would it be nice to 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 earn like a substantial income through doing this? Absolutely, but I'm not going to do it, um, you know, and and go against what I really feel and and try to and, and try not to go against my integrity when it comes to it. Um, there are some people that understand that uh, relationship market is saturated with uh, women being the target. So if you can tickle the ears and the emotions of women then, and talk about relationships in that, you know, in that aspect, you're going to get listeners, you're going to get followers. And, um, and although that's the goal, uh, it's not going to come through me or Albany bashing one particular gender. And, and the problem with that also is when you do that, you never really get to the root of the problem, generalizing one gender saying, you know, and there are some things that you can generalize, but when people make certain decisions, you can't say all people make that one decision. You have to discuss what the decision they made, the motives behind it, and not just say, well, you know, all guys are doing because they cheat. Well, yeah, um, this person may have cheated. Not everybody cheats. Uh, a lot of men may do, may may cheat, but not everybody does. And then what happens to to that? What happened to that person that caused him or her to cheat? You know, or we could say, you know, all women are emotional nags you know, in the home. And that's not entirely true either. So mm-hmm. uh, making generalizations uh, tickle the airs and a lot of people do that, but it doesn't really get to the root of the, the problem and help people develop togetherness in their relationship. And that's the goal, right? Like it's not to, to make me, like let's, let's say if I was in a relationship and I was watching somebody, right? And if they only make me feel good about my situation and the person that I'm with watches it and they don't feel good about it, then it's not really a person I, I really want to hear. And I think that, um, I think relationships in general would probably be much better, especially if they're following people on social media. If those people on social media take that kind of approach when it comes to giving advice about relationships. Hmm. I was wondering, Shannon, um, what is, uh, you are an avid uh, watcher of their show. Uh, what are some takeaways you've, you've gotten from their show? Okay, put me on the spot. I thought this was about them too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> some takeaways that I guess I've received um, is the importance of communicating and listening um, in the conversation of communication and being able to not just hear your partner, but receive it um, in kind and then act upon it, I guess. That's the short version. Um, the end. Next. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's do this. I want to talk about some aspects of relationships and kind of get you guys point uh, point of view, if you don't mind. Sounds good? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you brought up something about um, that you said you had failed at, at your marriage, right? Yeah. And um, my question is, are all relationships failures? If it doesn't end in marriage, could you look at all all your relationships as failures? Uh, I'm talking about not just you, but I'm talking about. All right, so do I, is that directed toward me? Uh, to, uh, we'll start with you. you my um, my failed marriage. If if the relationship failed before marriage, I consider that a success, and I'll tell you why. Um, it, it would be tragic if they reached a point where they got married 
and then it failed. The whole dating process is to determine whether or not you guys are going to be good together in the first place. And if you realize at that point you're not good together, then you've both just won. Mm. You, didn't, you, you didn't lose. You both just won. It may hurt because you've developed feelings and connections that may be strong. But when you realize we, we are not good together, all right, if you're not good together, then it's a good thing to separate. So I don't think that that's a failure. But when you when you get to the marriage part of it and, and made that commitment and then it, it breaks apart, that's where failure in a relationship truly happens. You know, just like in a, a toxic friendship, you guys could be friends for like, you know, 20 years. And then you realize this person is not really bringing me up. So I think I really need to cut ties here. All right. That's a win. It's not a failure. Like their, their friendship didn't fail. That's a win for, for the person that needs to, to release themselves from a, somebody that's going to be toxic for them. It's better to break up before marriage and get into a toxic marriage and then have a divorce after. There's lessons and failures. Yeah. So I shouldn't feel bad being that I, I've never been married. Uh, so I'm not a hundred percent failure at dating in relationships. I'm like a, I'm a 85% failure. <laughs> Bye, what's up? Is that, is that what I should say? Is, I'm, I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only an 85% failure at relationship. Not at all. No? Okay. <laughs> Again, like if you, if you find yourself in situations, like uh, here's, here's a question that I'll ask you, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Thinking back on the women that you've dated, mm -hmm. uh, had you married any one of them, mm -hmm. would you see yourself still married happily till this day? No. Then you won. Then you won. Yeah, maybe one. Maybe one, I would say. Possibly. Yeah. Or maybe one? Okay. Yeah. Maybe one. Yeah. I'm quick to dump people. <laughs> uh, I have been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do parachute a lot. Um, you know, maybe, you know what? Maybe this is going to be like a, a therapy session for me. Um, for him. I'm glad yeah. you said that. I, maybe that's why I have you guys on. Like, I'm trying to low-key get some free therapy. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about, uh, can you parachute too early out of a relationship? Uh, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe I've, I've looked back and I've thought that, you know, maybe I shouldn't have just abandoned throwing the baby out with the bathwater maybe i should have fought you know you all you hear this a lot maybe i should have fought more for the relationship or or maybe i you know maybe i'd left too easy i don't know um is there a such thing as parachuting too early out of a relationship oh yeah albany i'll let you take that okay so i think that only you would know when it's too early mm -hmm. or when it's too late I can answer that question for you, but mm -hmm. I can say this is that you should dot your, dot your I's, cross your T's. So to know for sure if you have really done all that you know to do, counseling, make sure that you are in alignment with the vision that you all created before and early on in your marriage. Make sure you're doing the things that you said that you would do, you vowed to do in your relationship. And if you have committed to that and you have asked the questions, you have found support and you did everything that you know to do. And if it's still not working for you and you feel betrayed, you feel like you're empty, exhausted and all the other things that come after, then I think it's okay for you to perish. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, looking back on some situations, maybe I did, you know, um, 
but then you can stay in a relationship too long too past the point of sanity i've done that as well so i'm guilty on both ends parachuting is an interesting analogy though because most people who are forced to parachute trying to get out of a plane that's about to crash <laughs> right so at, at that point if you know the plane is crashing i don't care what point you parachute out you get out that plane mm-hmm. um but again like as albany said you, like the only person that really knows that is uh the person that's in the situation mm. um they always say that well you hear this a lot that you shouldn't go back um i've i've gone back a couple times uh, one of my recent relationships was a uh, go back um and uh i mean it didn't work so uh i guess that wasn't a good idea it, i mean is there situations where you think that someone probably should go back like i mean like like maybe years have gone by and the person comes back into your life somehow you want to answer, Dre? I can answer. It doesn't matter. You can go ahead first, and then I'll piggyback off of you. I mean, I think I have seen experiences where people have separated, and it wasn't a long gap between the separation. They went maybe some months, and they actually separated, and then they came back to, together. Then I've seen it where there's been years where people have separated, and they got back together. And in some of the situations, they worked, and some of them, they, they didn't work. But I think that it's not it's not so much a problem of going back. I think that it's a problem when you don't know what you're going back to. If you're going to go back, at least know what the situation is that you're going back to. So if you're going back to the same situation, then yeah, that may be a problem. If that person has not done the work, if that person hasn't truly changed, they have not recommitted themselves to something different, then I think that it's worth questioning, hey, why are we doing this? So I think that it's just depend on the situation. Sometimes you you it works and sometimes it don't. But it doesn't mean that you're a failure just because you went back and gave it a second chance. Sometimes I think it's empowering that you take the stance to say, you know what, let's try it again and make sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it's nothing wrong with trying again. I think I needed that too, yeah, in that situation. Because she was always like the one that got away. So. Mm-hmm. And it was like I had this idealized thing, like man, I was a fool and all of that, and and uh, you know, and I, I had that experience, and you know, I realized, you know, like like uh, Steph said, I got the T-shirt, you know. <laughs> so, w- w- what about this situation? Let me give you a scenario. Like, we'll say from a woman's perspective, or it could be, I guess, it could be a man's perspective as well. It's like when you dated them, they didn't have drive or ambition and whatnot and then years go by now you see them they didn't hit the gym they didn't put down the xbox they smell better that you know what i'm saying they got the they're like i mean they're not like calvin at mcdonald's but they you know they got you know they got a real nice gig now and their swag is better and all of that and uh you know would you what about going back to that person now that they got their stuff together even the girl, right. yeah, that um, what's uh, um, that Steve Harvey flick, um, of Homeboy, uh, who was a gamer and Gabrielle Union was trying to leave him at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> what's it, what's um, remember that? Uh, uh, men, men yeah. act like a man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you were saying something, Albany? I'm sorry, 
I was saying, even in that, they got their stuff, they, they have their stuff together. Are they are they still on the same wavelength where you and them have a blend where you can blend together and you really can, you know, grow and develop in a relationship? Because if they've done some work and they've made some changes, maybe they are on another level. So you still have to figure out, like, is this person right for me where they are, you know? Even if they mm-hmm. have gotten their stuff together, let's go back. Let's go backwards. If they, if it wasn't to, if it wasn't working before because there were some issues there, they hadn't had, they got themselves together. But now they didn't went on a journey, and now they have developed themselves. Are you still able to say that? Hey, maybe they're ready now. You still got to do the same work you had to do from the beginning. You still got to figure mm-hmm. out: Are they a good match for you from where they are? Because they have changed dr- throughout that journey they went on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was the motivation about them getting, getting together. The fact that you broke up with them, mm. mm-hmm. or is it something that they wanted to do for themselves? Right. For themselves, like you know, just my, I, I want to do better by me. Because um, then there's two sides of it. It's like um, the woman who um, sees the the man that has potential and stays with him as he grows, and then there's the woman who gets rid of him and say, listen, where you are, I don't want to be. And then finds him, you know, five years later and he's like, you know, making money and got a good career and now she wants to get back. But then there's also um, uh, the other side where he uh, may not be motivated to do anything, but now that he broke up with her, he wants to do that to try to get her back. Um, so I, I, you got to, I guess, um, identify the motives because for me, um, I, and this is, this is my personal opinion. If I was in that situation, um, I would not want to deal with a woman who uh, wasn't there for me or broke up with me because I was in a growth period. And now when I when she thinks, because I may not think I arrived, but when she thinks I reached a certain level that's valuable to her, then she wants to try to come back. Uh, that kind of woman, I'm probably going to stay away from. Mm. Uh, but if I'm building and... Um, She's there with me while I build. Uh, and I'm not talking about like there with me where I'm mooching off of her until I, you know, mm-hmm. get what I get. Like I'm holding down myself, trying to hold her down. And she sees that progression and she remains with me. That's somebody that I'm going to probably stick around with, you know. Um, but again, if she leaves me for, and vice versa, if it's on the other side, then I probably wouldn't revisit that. I think that that's, that's a, a bullet dodged. Yeah. That's just, all right, I'm going I'm to start off with Albany on this one. Um, can, can a relationship be successful if his or her family don't like you? Oh, that's a tough one. And I'm going to tell you why it's a tough one. I've been in that experience. My okay? mm. I, I married my husband and in the beginning, okay, his mom, she acted as though she liked me. But throughout the journey in our first few years of our marriage, she made it very hard for me in my marriage. She made it very difficult for me to be to feel like I was a part of the family unit. But there was something that there was a twist there because it's like this. If you know that you're married to someone and you can't get along, their your their parents, their, your in-laws can't don't like you for whatever reason, you have to still understand you are not married to that person. You're married to the family unit. And you have to do everything you need to do to be respectful to what it is, regardless of what somebody else is saying or doing. 
So what I did was that I decided that, hey, I'm going to respect the, the family. I'm going to respect the mother. I'm never going to disrespect her. But I also learned that you have to stand your ground and set healthy boundaries in your relationship. And those things right there are the turning points to decipher whether they they decide if they're going to change or if they're going to continue to push in and do things that will hurt your relationship. Now, did they did some of the things hurt? Of course they did. Did they damage the relationship? Yes, they did. But for me, my in my experience, it took time, it took work, and it took me standing up for what I truly believed in for my husband to get on board with me to see the things that were wrong so that he can begin to speak up and stand up for us together regardless if it was his mother or not, but he had to stand up in a position where he had to speak the truth about what was really going on. And, and the more and more we stood together, the more and more things began to change. It, it was no longer, hey, all the push and pull and the fight and you speaking into our lives and you creating all this habit. It began to see that, hey, this is a family unit and I have set boundaries that I'm just not allowed to cross. So it made me and my husband stronger together because we began to walk together in that. So yes, it can be challenging. Yes, it can be difficult, but at the same time, it doesn't call for a failed marriage. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, you have any uh, thoughts on that, Dre? Uh, yeah, I do. I think, um, uh, uh, and I was reading some of the comments on there, and I'm probably going to disagree with some of the people on there when it comes to this. Um, uh, that the concept of togetherness goes far beyond two people becoming married. Uh, there are two families, more or less, that's coming together and blending together to become sort of like a family unit, um, and that's and that's what that and again, that's what marriage really is all about. Um, a lot of times we struggle today because we don't allow support systems to be support systems. Mm. Okay, All right. and, and, and 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 this is generational. For instance, like today we get um, we get married, right? Or we go off to college and like let's say if I lived in New York, I go to college in let's say Nebraska, right? <laughs> and um, and I I meet somebody out in Nebraska and they live in Seattle and I go and I move to. Instead of moving to Seattle, we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, Dallas, Texas, right? Because we found a nice job over there. Um, her, my in-laws are in Seattle. My family's in New York, and we're trying to to have a life in Dallas, Texas, together. It makes life a little bit more difficult because we don't have that support system and the oneness around us, right? That's the type of society we live in today. However, statistics and um, and the numbers show that families that live in a close community have that support system their generations behind them grow up a little bit more secure. They know their cousins, they know their family, they, and that's because marriages come together and they, they blend. Right. Um, some of the comments was, you know, like I'm not having sex and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying it the, the nice way. I'm not having sex with his mama. Um, uh, if he can't curb his mama, then I'm turned off. Uh, there's two sides to that coin too, right? What if he's absolutely disrespectful to his mother? Right. Right. Uh, that's probably going to be an indicator of how he's going to treat you in a relationship. Mm. Uh, he can be close to his mother and try to do the biblical thing and honor his mother and father, which mm. he should. Right. But that shouldn't show you that he's a mama's boy and that, you know, he's probably going to, you know, not treat you right and put his mother over you. And again, you also got to allow your husband to have that space to grow into that mm. because 
um, if if a, a, a man or even even a, a woman like there's there's women that have close relationships with their fathers and they can't cut that tie with their fathers to to really join and cling to their husband. So it happens on both sides, right? Both couples need to allow space for that oneness to happen. It doesn't happen just because you said I do and you guys had sex. It doesn't happen that way. It happens over time and developing and coaching each other and saying, listen, your, your mama said this to me. It hurt my feelings. You know, listen, your dad doesn't really know his place. Like he, he shouldn't be just walking in the house like that. Mm. You know? and, 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 and allowing the uncomfortableness to, to take place so that you guys can also develop some kind of norm in your home and invite them into, the, into it that way. Um, but again, I really think that uh, the purpose of marriage, or one of the one of the benefits, I won't say purpose of marriage, one of the benefits of marriage is an increased support system from both sides of the family, all right? And uh, it helps. It, it allows generations to grow up a little bit more secure. Uh, Shannon has a question. Sorry. No, what I was going to say was, so if I was dating somebody from Staten Island, I wouldn't throw their town under the bus to make them feel like they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> I Nebraska all the this room. I, I didn't know that there were Black people in Nebraska to tell me about you, your sister, your, your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. They got a, a football team there, the, the Cornhuskers, so there's some Black people on that team. Tyron Lewis uh, went to, to college in Nebraska. You sure did, Tyron Lewis. Yes, that's right. I'm gonna have to get me a new family because y'all ain't. Hey, so, all right, now it's funny that you say family. Um, so let's kind of reverse it and let's start off with you, Dre. I love her, or if a woman, I love him. He's great peoples, but his friends and family is. Mm-hmm. I I just don't like mama's weird, daddy strange, the homies. I don't even want them to come into the house. Like you know what I'm saying. So uh, how do you navigate that? Because I've had that situation where I thought she was amazing, but I didn't like her homegirls or, you know, and I could I didn't want to be around her family because they was just out of control. But she was. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. I guess that would be an individual thing. Again, um, when it comes to the friends, are they toxic friends for for her? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I would probably, you know, say, listen, I love you but your, your friends aren't bringing out the best in you. And I don't want you to have to choose, but I'm letting you know that as I get to know you, this is probably going to be a source of stress for both of us. Mm. Um, just letting you know, you know, because I just don't deal with toxicity very well. Mm-hmm. Your friends are poison. <laughs> and I just, I can't, I can't flow with it. Um, but family is a little bit different. You know, that's, that's blood. And that's, again, um, uh, I, I, I'm from the school of thought where, you know, you marry the, the person, you marry the family. Um, I have, until this day, I still have a great relationship with my ex-wife's mother. Mm. I still call her mom. Uh, true story. Uh, I have a, a cell phone plan that she's still on my plan. Mm. We have, oh, I haven't I'm... been together for over 10 years. You know, she still calls me son. We have a great relationship. When I married my uh, ex-wife, I married her family. Me and her brother, we had uh, when when my, uh, my ex-wife and I was getting divorced. Him and I had a, a fallen out, and we mended that relationship um, because, like, we have kids together. That's their, my kid's uncle. That's my kid's. We're still family in a sense. Like, it is what it is. But um, she got yeah, she got unlimited data too. Yeah, she got all that. <laughs> you, you know what? There's a lot of women's. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, 
um, <laughs> women's moms that are like, you need to hook up with Dre so I can get that free phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But on the flip side, though, like my family wasn't really that um, welcoming to my ex-wife. Mm. Uh, again, I, I, my ex-wife didn't have that same. And again, I was 19 when I got married. So I was young. Mm. I wasn't looking at it the way I can see it now. Mm-hmm. So um, although I, I knew that when I married her, I was marrying her family. In her mind, she was just marrying me, mm. and um, it was it was a tough it, it was tough to navigate through that. And um, so, like couples, I'll tell them, listen, uh, I won't discourage them completely, but I will share with them the, the reality of what could happen if they marry somebody that has uh, uh, that they'll have a potentially dangerous in law relationship with. Can can you is is it possible to outgrow somebody? I mean. Meaning like you evolved as a person and maybe they're still stuck behind. And if, if that is true, what are some signs that maybe you've outgrown that person or you've evolved beyond that person? Uh, Albany, we'll start off with you. Yeah, that's definitely, that definitely happens in relationships. And I think that the way, (laughs) and, and I think this goes back to understanding that, Relationships are not just failing because of, you know, you can't agree on, you know, like just the general things like the family dynamics and the relationship communication. It's all about the personal, the the, the heart thing, right? The, the way a person sees life as a whole. And so when you start seeing these changes, you're, you're, you, you up here, you got this drive, you got these goals that you want to see. You want to see your partner support you. You might not want to see them actively doing everything that you're doing but you do want to see them interested you do want to see them interested in growing in their own personal journey and when you see them not interested in doing that doing the work inside of them then you are automatically know that there's something that has stalled and you know as we age we change we're going to change we're going to evolve and some of us have these desires to do, like, go on a sabbatical. And some of us just go on this journey where, hey, I'm ready to just relax. And so when you find that gap in there, you got to figure out, okay, can we fill the void? Mm. And if you can't fill the void, then what do you do? How do you work that? How do you work that out? And so it's yeah. got to be something that's driving the, the, the two of you together to kind of come together. Mm. Can we pause for a minute and just give a huge shout out to all these beautiful people that are in the room? Like, it's been a long time since we have had this many people and beautiful people at that in the room. We got Jada, we got Free. Shout out to Jada and Free. I met them this weekend. Uh, Danny and Marisol and Steph and Dr. Vibe and Lucas and Bradley, who I just renamed. I appreciate y'all for letting me do that. We have Ranch in the room. Hello, um, Bobby, Layla, and Raquel. Hi, guys. Yeah. Yes, thank you for for showing up. And uh, this is a really good topic. And I'm looking uh, forward to uh, getting more um, information from you guys. But um, thank you for uh, acknowledging everybody. Um, okay, so earlier we talked about the religious aspects, right? And there's this term called equally yoked, right? And um, it's a term that uh, I'm really familiar with. 
And um, I really want to kind of get your, uh, we'll start off with you, Dre, uh, when it comes to um, your walk with Christ, um, about being equally yoked. Can you, can you kind of give us an idea of what that means? And then what's your take on, um, can you be successful in a relationship if you're not? All right. So um, equally yoked, if you, that, that scripture in, in context is only speaking about um, faith, not the level of faith, but the faith period. Mm. So, um, which, you know, so uh, <laughs> equally yoked, like, <laughs> something like that for you. So um, it, it's saying that, you know, if you, if you are, let's say like I'm a Christian and if I was to date somebody that was not a Christian, let's say they were a Buddhist, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they practice Hinduism. Uh, it could be a, a source of contention between us uh, when it comes to where we worship, where our kids will worship, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, either it's going to pull me away from my faith um, or uh, she'll come to my faith uh, one or the other. So when it comes to unequally yoked, um, I think um, having the same faith is important because it also strengthens the the vice in the home. Mm-hmm. And when you have the same values when it comes to to marriage, because some some different faiths have different um, ideas of what marriage is all about. Uh, when you have the same faith, it helps that aspect as well. Um, now, when it and there's some people that that uh, that take it out of context and they say, "Well, this person's a preacher, so uh, if I want to be a preacher, I need to marry somebody that's a preacher." Mm. Uh, or a high level of what it means to be a Christian. And I think that usually those that are, are um, title chasers mm-hmm. take that kind of approach. Um, if you are a believer who believes that Jesus died for your sins and you are saved, it doesn't matter if you've been saved two years or 20 years. It doesn't matter if you've preached in uh, 100 countries or uh, you uh, attend one prayer meeting a, a week. If you have a genuine love for God, um, then, then you are both equally yoked because you have the same faith. It doesn't the the levels of faith has to do with pride, and we should never judge somebody's level of faith and say, "Well, this person is not on my faith level, so we're not equally yoked." That's pride in your part. Mm. That's not anything against them, you know. So, uh, so equally yoked is about sharing the same faith. Uh, go ahead, Albany. I'm sorry. <laughs> I look at that as. Yes, equally yoked means sharing the same faith, sharing the same belief. Are you a believer of of God? And do you share the same values? Do you share the same beliefs? Then also, I also look at it from this standpoint is that the things, the, the, the standards, the values of who I am as the makeup of who I am as a person. What do I believe in? What do I um how do I perceive things? I think that being equally yoked includes all of those amazing things because if we don't share the same vision, are we going to be able to go on the same journey and be able to evolve? If we are different, if we're not equally yoked, are we going to have, I mean, like integrity, you know, are we going to have this same, you know, the integrity piece in the relationship? So I think it, it has the completion of a whole complete person. It's everything about the makeup of you, how you think, believe, and how you receive things, and then also how you, you know, the standards way of you believing things and all of those things. So I think equally yoke is a, a mixture of a lot of things that God is talking about, especially your faith. 
Mm. Um, Dre, I know that uh, Ebony's married, but Dre, you are on the lookout. So um, when it comes <laughs> to a woman's uh, faith, uh, how, how much do you put into that and what are you actually looking for? Uh, well, that's, that's a non-negotiable. Mm. Yeah, that's a non-negotiable. A couple of years ago, um, and we, we're good friends now. We're good friends now. A beautiful young lady that I got a chance to, to know. Um, we were sort of like attitudes, like it was like sort of like the perfect connection. Um, um, she was a, a devout Muslim and I was a devout Christian. And we both understood there's no way that this is going to work. And um, and after that, we became close friends. And um, uh, in fact, like one time she came, uh, she, she's now she's one of those friends that I know uh, and fully trust. Like if anything, if for, for a while, uh, I was really jaded when it came to female relationships because I felt like um, there was always some kind of ulterior motive where they were nice to me because they wanted to try to get with me or you know, they were concerned about certain things because they wanted me to see them as caring. Uh, but with her, we got to the point where it's like, she's like, if she's looking out for me, she's looking out for me for my well-being without an ulterior motive. So we 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 have this thing between us where um, uh, we have uh, it's called you know the W slash O mm. motive mm -hmm. without. So her and I were real cool, right? Uh, but she was Muslim, I was a Christian, and we knew it wouldn't work. So that's a non-negotiable for me. Like I think that they have to have the same faith as me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen it work, but I would just, I don't know how it does. I mean, that's completely different ideologies, the way you see the world. Um, so, I, you know, but hey, I mean, some people, they I guess they figure it out. But uh, I, I think it would be way too hard uh, to do that, especially if you, if you really take your faith very seriously. So, you know. Unless if you maybe if you're a five dollar Christian, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what does that mean? What explain? A five dollar Christian is is, a, is I'm piggybacking off the five dollar Indian term where these people who are they're not really Native American, they're Native American for whatever yeah. comes with it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, whatever you know, whatever benefits that come with it. So five dollar Christian is like not a real Christian, like a, only in name. Um, so. And it's funny, like somebody, there, there's people like that. Like I would never say that because then I look, I sound like judgmental because like I've been a pastor and, and I have my views when it comes to, to, to that. But uh, that's funny that you say that. Cause I, I agree. I have a, an agreement to that. Right. Yeah. Mm. So what are some of the most sensitive topics that you come from, uh, that like, let's talk about the third rails of dating and relationship topics that gets people tight in the collar that, you know, that can get you into trouble possibly, you know, uh, what are some of the topics that you maybe you, you may think about like, maybe I, do I want to go there or not? <laughs> so, uh, do you want to take this open or should I, should I? Well, I'm just going to throw out one. I think that some of the some of the things in relationships that are very tight collars, when the discussion comes about money, 
Finances is a big one. Yeah, finances. Um, uh, hot topic is cheaters. Mm. Yeah, faithfulness in relationships. You know, because like, like if you talk about faithfulness in relationships, right? If we were to talk about that right now, there's going to be two very opposing views when it comes to that. All typed up on the side in the um, chat. So faithfulness. You know. I, I, I hear corporal punishment in the audience too. Yeah, especially in, in the blended family as well. Yeah, blended families oh, too. Disciplining children. Mm-hmm. Why men want to take them back after cheating, but will leave instantly if she cheated on. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah. selfish, Stephanie. <laughs> another topic, which is I'm, I'm gonna say it. Another topic is um, abstinence and waiting. Yeah. You know, mm. to have sex until you're married. Yeah, because yeah. p- people have different views about that. Abstinence yeah. is a very interesting uh, <laughs> uh, topic because or celibacy, right? I, yeah. celibacy. Um, because I feel like people are very judgmental towards people who practice it in a weird way. It's almost like I don't know if back in the day when you would say you were vegetarian. I mean, I never said that, but I'm talking about right. other people. Uh, when they would say you're vegetarian, then it was almost like they felt like they were being attacked. You know, like, well, I like meat. You know, like, it has nothing to do with you. This is a decision I made. So, uh, I- now it's turned. Like, if you eat meat, now the vegetarians are out in droves. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I saw a video recently um, of a vegan. The guy was fishing. Uh-huh. The, guy, the vegan guy took the fish that he caught, the guy caught, and threw it back in. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, yeah, the backwards country. Everybody got guns there. Like, relax. So why are people hard on on people who choose to practice celibacy and abstinence? I can give a theory. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, please. Yeah, is it okay if I take this, Albany? Mm-hmm. I think uh, we're living in a, a society where um, uh, that's very liberal. Mm. And um, if I was to say, because of my faith, I, I, I try to wait before um, I get married to wait till I get married to have sex. It's like, well, what do you mean? Like, you know, what is, what is up with that, that, the, that thinking that was, that's so old. And why would you follow a, a book that was thousands of years old and things like that? Um, uh, and, uh, and I think sometimes it causes people to, to take a step back and say, wait a minute, like this person's waiting. So maybe he thinks he's better than I am. And I really don't like if somebody is having sex, having sex. I don't think that they're any better or any worse than I am. We're just making different decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think that um, uh, some people are uh, uh, offended by it because we're living in a liberal society and they may think that I'm judging because I'm taking a stance and they have not. Right. Uh, that may not be the case. And that, well, that may not be the case, but it may be the case. So. Mm. Yeah, I always think it's weird. I mean, shout out to all the abstinent people out there. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, yeah. Um, let, all right, let's talk about just the ins and outs of a relationship, right? And, um, you know, we had an interesting conversation here on um, on Vocal. Just, I think we were just talking, and we were talking about um, um, buying gifts for our significant others and it was really interesting uh I, some of the takes that people had about it right like I, like uh one of my favorite ones was uh 
if she bought if he bought something from her on wish.com he ain't nothing (laughs) 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 and i'm like hey if you have six months before you know nothing wrong with the wish right can can i read this for you sure go ahead all right is the man wrong for this right and i was like yo this is a something that needs to be unpacked too two people are dating and the woman mentions that she is saving sex for her husband and the guy is cool with that and then he mentions that they should go they they should go dutch for dates because he is saving his money for his wife <laughs> the woman points out let me finish the woman points out that is not cool that he not take her on dates just because she doesn't want to have sex and he mentions that's not the case at all but clarifies that just like sex finances should be reserved for marriage right mm-hmm. and it was like wow like that's it caused me to think because we, we we're from and this is another hot topic we're from the the a school of thought where a guy must prove that he's a good husband by doing these things in a state dating stage but there's not much that a woman could do to prove that she would be a good wife for him in the dating stages because they're like um no you need you're the man you need to be doing this you need to be doing that because that's what men are supposed to do but there's not really much guidelines that men could follow to check off to say okay this is going to be a good wife other than things like that but again this is a hot topic we can unpack this great topic but, great topic yeah. and i'm but not that i agree I think, I, I think let me just clarify my view i think that guys should be doing that that taking that first step and that first role and things like that but um it's a deeper conversation outside of sex i'm not just saying that it should be the the sex and finances thing like guys should be putting out money if they're having sex i'm not saying that but I think that the conversation could be had where it's like, okay, guys are doing these things to show that they're interested and that they could be a good provider. But what are women doing to show that they would be a good wife and be a good support and to help me in the home? That's yeah, it. yeah. Like, you know, like bringing out her sewing kit. <laughs> you need a sock sewing, you got a hole in your sock. Yeah, there you go. I got. I want the the, the holes in my socks. So that, yeah, there you go. I'm gonna stitch you some new holes in your socks so you can just have. <laughs> so yeah, how do you uh, figure out if she's gonna be right? Tries to double tap comments. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so yeah. I mean, is the courting process just a woman putting a man through hoops? Does the man should he? have should he put her through any kind of hoops i think during the courting phase i think that both of them should be testing the waters i think that they should both be finding out is this a good mate is this the right match for me and i think that just as well as the woman is observing the behavior i think the man is doing the same thing would you agree dre that in your courting there were signs there were things that you knew that you wanted in a wife and you were looking for the qualities that she had during the phase of dating yeah Hmm. yeah that's yeah and and that's a whole part of the courting and dating process to Hmm. to identify those things so yeah if if you're dating and you're not dating to figure out if they would be a good mate um, both sides and you're not really in it for the right reasons. She's probably just in it just to, to fill space or fill time. Can you say that again? One more time? Say that one more time? <laughs> if you're not if you're not dating looking for those things, then you're probably just filling time or you know, just not doing much productive when it comes to that companionship. 
So for that, just be friends and just hang out, mm-hmm. but don't date. Just be chips packing in the night. You ain't even gotta be friends. Mm-hmm. Just getting it popping. Let me let me ask the ladies this question, and then I'm gonna ask you last, Dre. What are some <laughs> underrated, great or sexy qualities of men that maybe they don't even men don't realize? Don't ask me that last. No, I'm gonna ask you. To, I'm gonna ask you about women. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you about men. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with you, Elvini. What's some un- underrated qualities that maybe men don't even realize about men that that are attractive to to you? I mean, I think it's. I look at it like this: it's the way you care for yourself at the end of it. It's the way that you, how you, what you value about the things that you care for, your heart. I think the one, of the biggest thing is is that. For me, it's like you have to have a love for people. You have to have an open heart, and and if you're not open, and you you your integrity, for me, is like, hey, if you don't have the integrity piece, it's like a a, a turnoff. I, mm. I want you to be able to have an open heart and have a love for people. So if that's not there, it's like, hey, I don't even want to be there. Mm. That's a turn off. If it's not there, if you don't, if you don't even care about yourself, you know, that's a problem. Mm. What, what about you, Shannon? What's an underrated quality? Well, I would say all those things that um, Elvin just said were right on point. So kudos to you. I concur. Um, for me, um, I think authenticity of self. Um, there is something amazing about someone who knows themselves. And is comfortable enough to be themselves in whatever climate or conversation or community they find themselves in, even if it's to the contrary of who they are as a person, they're still comfortable being themselves. Um, I also um, enjoy um, intellect. Um, a lot of times you hear people give praise to the bad boy or, you know, little thug. Each his own. Um, but intellect stimulating conversation is like, I'm here for it. And anytime you bring a chocolate chip cookie and a taco into the conversation, I'm also <laughs> appreciative. So. Oh, okay. So intellectual thug. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Marisol. Taco. <laughs> what about you, Dre? What's the underrated quality in women? In women, capital W. <laughs> underrated quality in, in women? Yeah, that maybe they don't um, realize that it's something that we look at. Um, a woman that's able to find it's hard because it's a it's a quality, but um but it with the wrong man, it could be abused. And that's a woman that's able to find uh peace in situations. Mm. Um so I think that's a, a a beautiful thing, especially with what's being seen on TV now, with um, basketball wives or housewives and all that stuff, where it's all drama filled and and um, uh, the Bible says, "If at all possible, be at peace with one another." And I think a woman that's able to find um, peace in conflicting situations uh, and make a peaceful situation out of something that should be a conflict, um, to me, is a beautiful thing. But the, again. Um, just because you're able to find peace doesn't mean that you're a doormat. You can be uh, find peace in a, a conflicting situation and still stand for your uh, integrity and still be a strong woman and say, I'm not standing for that, you know, but I'm not going to 
you know, rah rah and throw drinks and um, you know things like that because then that shows um, in, in insecurity, you know, and emotional in being emotionally unintelligent. Yeah. All right, now this part of the show, I want to talk about something that we always like we've done a lot of these conversations about relationships and stuff what we're looking for what we're not looking for what our do's and don'ts but i think sometimes we forget that we're all human beings that part and we're all flawed like believe it or not we get nervous right on dates right we don't always say the right things we you know we do have baggage Maybe we don't have the best relationship with our family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, sometimes when I hear people like really going in about these things, it's like, well, that's kind of a human condition. I mean, like, you're going to have some of these things, right? Uh, more than likely, you know? I, I don't know anybody who, you know, all these boxes they check, you know, where they're, you know, they're hot, they are wonderful and bad. They make a lot of money. They have the most wonderful relationship with their family. They have wonderful credit. Uh, they are sweet and kind and they open up the door and they pay for everything. And it's like some of those things cancel out other things, right? So so do you think we we beat up on people for not being perfect? Like, is it that we a lot of us ask for perfection when we're not perfect ourselves and uh, he's talking about me, hilarious. Um, you know, it's like I, I hear it so much about <laughs> I'm perfect. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay. So, like, do you think we cancel out people too much on small technicalities sometimes? Can I say something real quick? Sure, please. Um, it was one of my posts maybe a couple of years back. I mean, I believe it was said by TDJ. Um, we expect people um, to be perfect when we come into relationship with them, but we give our own selves grace to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We want everybody to love us and all of our flaws, but we, you know, if somebody else got a flaw, it's like, oh, no, no. You know? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so so, I mean, I just, I hear it so much and it's like, sometimes I'll hear what people complain about and it's like, I'm like, well, I mean, is that a cancel out a brother or a sister? You know, like, like, I think sometimes maybe that's why so many people are alone and stuff is because I, they call what they call it cancel culture. You know, this, oh, you know, you know, he wears red shoes. I'll get him the heck out of here. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. We're a Burger King society. Everybody wants what they want when they want it right away. Um, mm -hmm. And you can go back and through the drive-thru and get something different if it's not the way you want it made. Whereas yeah. relationships are crockpot ingredients. And sometimes it takes a while for that simmering process to happen. And it may not be immediately perfect. So you may have to add another pinch of salt or some all-purpose um, Italian seasoning or whatever you're adding to the mix to make it just how you want it to be, but that mm -hmm. comes over time. People don't just evolve today. You know, over time, you grow to love people and appreciate them more and develop into something that's beautiful. People who've been at it for a long time, and you're like, oh, relationship goals. 
Well, they've been doing it for a while. Right. They're not always liking each other behind closed doors every single day, but right. they agreed to come into the room and say, I love you today. And that was a choice I made. And I'm going to keep making that choice every mm -hmm. day, even after you're not lovable, because yeah. we are human. So you're not going to always be lovable. No. Not two copper coins. I'm done. Steph? I like to say. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I like to say that, you know, how people say, I want the perfect relationship. I don't think that there is a such thing as a perfect relationship, but I do believe in perfecting the relationship that you have. And it's, it's the daily work. And it's something that you just have to be patient in doing and putting time in. But you also both have to be on the same level playing field in order to make it work like that. Mm. Um, Stephanie says, uh, I don't, if I don't feel instant chemistry, I'm out. What is instant chemistry? Um, is instant chem instant chemistry? Like when I see them, I'm like, Oh my God, this girl's hot or this dude is whatever. Or, I mean, what is instant chemistry? Um, Let's, yeah. can, can we ask her about, uh, like what would a first interaction be look like for you to develop chemistry? Because it could be like I, straight, you know, you see somebody and this chemistry because you see them, or is it chemistry when you guys actually interact? Mm. And 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 are you psyching yourself out if you are trying to hit a home run at you know the first at bat? Mm. Right. Coming to the room. Chemistry can, be, chemistry can be chemistry can be a lot. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, mm. It's a lot of uh, Jeff has a lot of pressure though. So I. Um, let's look at like from a cultural perspective. I think um, in America we we tend to to value chemistry um, a lot. Um, but let's look at countries like and yeah, you may not like this uh, where I'm going with this, but let's take a look at countries like India and the countries that have arranged marriages in the in um, the Middle East, where there there's not an opportunity to develop um, chemistry. Right. And these marriages work out. And I know that there's going to be some conversation about, well, some of these men are misogynistic and they beat on their wives and stuff like that. That's the rhetoric that we hear. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, the the marriages tend to work and they develop strong families. And even in America, I've, I've had um, conversations with couples who uh, are from that region where um, their husbands aren't abusive and they never met their husbands prior to getting married and they have amazing relationships. They were able to develop that chemistry. Um, so chemistry could be um, uh, a farce in a sense. And, and the thing about chemistry is that it could, uh, it's like a, a ticking, it could be a ticking time bomb. You put two um, chemicals together that seems to be stable initially. And then eventually you shake it up because that's what happens. You put chemicals together and sometimes when you shake those chemicals up and add agitation to it, it explodes. So um, we just got to be careful when it comes to instant chemistry because mm -hmm. instant chemistry will lead to, can lead to uh, an explosion. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, that's very, very well said. Very well said. Um, I don't know, like people are people and I don't know, maybe if we give people more time, like some things are automatic red flags canceled. I do agree. But then I think there are some things where it's like, you know, I feel like, man, that's cold blooded. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
you know, like as I don't know, I've heard some great uh, relationship stories where yeah. it didn't start off the best, but yeah. over time it grew into real love, you know? Right. Yeah. And, um, and Luke said something about it not being romantic though. Right. Um, and again, like we, uh, in, in marriage, romance is important. Right. Um, and sometimes we want to be romance before that, that marriage. Um, but we value romance over commitment and love. Or we'll make a decision to be committed or love somebody if they're romantic. It should be the, the opposite way. Mm. Yeah. Marriage at first sight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, one, that's one of your shows, right, Shan? Um, I like it. I think yeah. it's pretty interesting, to say the least. Yeah. But I also believe in a lot of things in terms of people and relationships. I mean, regardless if you've met them at the altar for the first time or you've known them your whole life and y'all played in the backyard together, picking up dirt and making mud, you got to work at it. So got to be willing to do the work. Some people are just a little more work than others. So. You, you know, one thing I this is one of my pet peeves that people do in relationships. And I'm going to start off with you, Dre, with this one is. They have this thing called, I call it insert man here or insert woman here. Uh, generally, I think it's more so that where they have their picture already penciled in, you know, and all they need, all they want is the person to stick in there and to have their perfect situation. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that maybe until it's too late that they're like a puzzle piece being put into their picture. And I think what ends up happening is they may be happy, right? But then the other person doesn't like to be just fit into your narrative, right? And um, I see that a lot. Like, oh, man, I have the dog. I have the white picket fence. You know, now I just need to add the, the, add the Negro. And, uh, <laughs> you know, man, I got my perfect picture. What do you think about that mentality of of just you know like just trying to shoehorn somebody into your you know picture or whatever uh, again I, I don't agree with it if you're not looking to, to be to to love somebody with the way they need to be loved and they're just filling up a spot that you want them to fill in a relationship that's not a good relationship that's not a good marriage and uh to that person they're not ready to be uh married to anybody they, for that they could just stay by themselves they don't need a man to complete them or a woman to complete them. Um, if you're not willing to be that uh, a husband to a woman or a wife to a man, then you're not ready to, to be in a relationship. The thing is we get into relationships a lot of times based on what, how people make us feel, right? Mm -hmm. They make us feel a certain way. So we're in love now because I love them and they make me feel happy. Um, then do you have a question? Well, I love this person and I'm willing to do everything I can to see this person happy. I want to be the best wife to this person um, instead of the opposite way. Well, this person treats me so right, so that's why I'm with them. No, I, like, I, I wish the conversation would say, well, why are you with them? I want the conversation to go like, I'm with them because I want to be the best husband to her that I can be, not I'm with her because she makes me feel like a man. Like She does this for me, she does that for me, da da da, da. So, But um, that's, that's not a good situation to be in. Kente. And if you you ever in that position, I will tell you to run. I have been, and I've ran. <laughs> I have. 
Um, all right. So the, the last thing I want to talk about before we get on out of here is um, relationship therapy. Um, one is how important it is. Um, when should we seek it? And then also, um, do you feel like some of the stigma is away from it that it might have been like in years past? So I know that's a lot that I ask, but so relationship therapy. When we'll start off with when should when should you seek it? I would like to say something to that. I think that you should seek the relationship therapy in the beginning, the middle, and the end. I think it's an ongoing process. I think it's like yeah. your car need to tune up. I think your marriage need to tune up as well. I think mm -hmm. especially in times when you see that there are um, these pits where you have these downfalls or something has um, brought you to understand that there's a problem. I think that sometimes you might want to seek therapy. I think that you, when you know that you're struggling with something, anything, anytime you feel like you're struggling, you just can't come to, to agreement. I think that you should seek help. Now, support can look like a lot of different things. Therapy doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be sitting in front of a counselor or your pastor or whatever. It can be, you know, I like to call them power couples, people that just kind of help give you insight to support you through whatever it is that you're struggling. But I think that first you should give it a try between just you and your partner to see where see where you get. And if you just see that you're not able to pull through that, then I think you just you should seek outside help. But I think it's always important to start from the beginning, not only before you get married, when you, you know, when you're dating, but before you get married, after you get married. You know, and then throughout the relationship, I just think you should continuously do that, is especially if you having those challenges in the relationship at your weakest point. It's like relationship self care, basically, right. like maintenance, like taking your relationship in for maintenance. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, do you think the stigma is uh, is prevalent as it because it used to be very stigmatized? Um, is it still stigmatized about getting a relationship, specifically relationship? Uh, um, therapy? I think a lot of people are, I think people are open to a lot of different things that they weren't before. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's just depending on the person, how they see it. But mm -hmm. I think people are more open now. They, they yeah. And I think that with people like, let's say Albany, for instance, right? Um, you know, she she's a, a relationship coach, right? And I think uh, if people are concerned about that stigma, going to somebody like Albany for uh, marriage help would be beneficial because, um, uh, you know, coaches spend more time developing relationships with the people that they, that, 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 that are their clients than counselors, right? Like some counselors are there to um, ask uh, a cookie cutter set of questions, uh, not really get too deep, not even willing to expose of themselves because they don't want to do that but um people like albany she she desires to develop relationships with the people that she's looking to help so that they actually know who albany is and mm -hmm. albany really knows who they are so they're able to get coached through albany in a more natural type of way that's a little more um organic when it comes to developing a relationship so like it's not just a client you know this is Albany, you know, like I feel comfortable talking to Albany. She's uh, a good friend and she helps me as a, a friend. Even though they're a client, she desires to, to develop relationships with the people that she serves. I think so. Some people may not want to go to counseling 
But people like Albany Riggins, who does her thing with married couples, they can reach out to her and say, listen, um, I'm not too big into counseling, but I'm, 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 uh, I have questions about relationship coaching. What do you do? Yeah. Boom. You know, so those that may be afraid of that counseling or that stigma, they got people like Albany who uh, could really help bring togetherness in their marriages. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I remember one time you talked about, Dre, um, the difference between having like a, a religious figure, like a pastor or something, helping you counsel in your relationship and like someone who's a trained um, re- relationship uh, therapist. Uh, can you talk about that once again? Um, just because uh, I remember yeah. you said that, that was something. Yeah. So I think for the most part, pastors mean well. Right? Pastors mean well. Uh, and many of them have degrees in theology. Uh, some don't, but many of them do. They have a masters in divinity. That's what it's called. Uh, but they don't spend much time um, teaching about mental health. So although pastors mean well, um, their expertise is in teaching the Bible and they can give scriptures about um, marriage in a Bible from the Bible, biblical perspective, but they don't really give them the, the resources they need to access the scripture. Like, and let's, let's be honest, and if, if for you guys watching, how many of us have read the Bible and sometimes we just don't know what we're reading? Mm-hmm. It's not easiest to understand, right? Pastor will say, well, read the scripture, pray about it, and your marriage will get better. Just <laughs> stay faithful to the Lord. Uh, but there's a mental health component. There's emotions that's involved. There are hurts, trauma that need to be uh, dealt with that pastors either don't have the time to or the expertise to. And they mean well. They want to see marriages thrive. They just aren't. They don't. They don't have the training just for it to happen. So uh, I'm not knocking pastors out there. Um, but uh, the truth of the matter is, in most divinity programs out there, um, mental health is not a factor. It's not taught. Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, but I'm not saying don't go to your pastor if you have a marriage trouble. Like let that be the. The first line of defense if you're in a church uh, and hopefully your pastor will have uh, community resources out there that could that he can refer you to if your situation goes beyond their area of expertise. So mm-hmm. they got to have a network to refer people to. So I'll say that. Oh, OK. <laughs> All right. Well, we, yeah, we're wrapping it up right now. All right. So uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the program. You guys were amazing. Once again, tell us the name of the show and when can we catch it? All right, Dre. All right. Like by calling Dre. Um, So the the show is called the Togetherness Podcast. It airs live uh, every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 7 p.m. Central Mountain Standard Time. See, Central I don't know time. what that's called. Central Time. Uh, yeah, and, um, every Thursday at 8 p.m. We, you can watch it live on GetVocal.com, on Facebook.com. We're airing um, all the episodes on Facebook now through Albany's page uh, on Facebook. And uh, you can watch it on the Togetherness YouTube channel as well. All right. And Albany, how can we get you on social media and tell us about your show as well? Yes, I have a... Um connections on the Instagram and Facebook at Albany Riggins. And then also I have a page, my fan page at Albany Riggins Relationship Coach. But also for me, my podcast, I have Relationship Really Do Matters. That's the podcast I just recently started. 
And that will be airing every Monday. So you all go out there and look at an Anchor, Google Podcast, um, Spotify. It's out there. But I also have Soulful Marriage Conversations podcast. And that's the podcast that I've posted before. And it's on Apple. It's out there on iHeartRadio. You know, just just go out there and Google it. And hopefully you all will be able to find it on some of the um, stations out there. But um, those podcasts is all about relationships and marriages. So I thank you all. All right. And Dre, how can we get you on social media? And put this up. This is, I put up all my social media uh, things there on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Like you can follow me and my family on Harrison Family Vlogs on YouTube. Well, I also have um, a togetherness uh, coaching. Uh, you can search that on YouTube and follow me there as well. Mm-hmm. And how are the boys doing? They're doing good. My son just went to. Uh, a graduation. He's out. Like my 17 year old is living his best life, and I thank God he's a good kid. Uh, my other son is uh, in bed because he has school tomorrow. Still, we close out in New York City June 26, so we're pretty late. But uh, my 21 year old is living his life with his fiance in New Hampshire. All right, gonna be, good. all right. You're gonna be a uh, what's that? A father-in-law. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna have good some daddy. energy in the. With with the uh, Harrison boys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but they can wait on the, the grandchildren. <laughs> oh, you gonna be Grandpa Dre? Yeah. <laughs> we gonna all be calling you uh, Grandpa Dre. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what about you, Shannon? How can we get you in social media and tell us about your wonderful show on Sundays? Um, you can follow me on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Shannon Ford, like the president. Tyson Jefferson, like the president. And my show is on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a set-apart woman, um, a podcast by a woman for women and the men that love them. And I have a show on Sunday, um, and we're going to do a re-record of Andre's um, book, I'm a Fatherless Father to His Son. All right. That's what's up. Yes. And th- I mean, there a couple of weeks ago, for those who don't know, uh, not this last Sunday, but the one before that, Shannon had this awesome show it was amazing it was um where he had where she had two men who had lost their kids their sons and it was a very heartwarming episode it was very good I, i'm check it out in the replay um it was you know i don't want to make it seem like it was all you know um sadness and stuff like that even though it was sad but it was very very excellent episode uh very moving so you guys want to definitely check that one out for sure i mean you want to check out all of her shows but that one specifically uh yeah it was it was very good very good and and um those two guys that came on and and had the courage to share their um their story man it was amazing so um check it out Uh, uh what was the name of that particular episode um Men who love and who have lost. Yes, very good. I mean, I'm I'm as tough as it comes. You know, I chew glass. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and uh, I got, I was sitting there like choking up. You know, uh, checking out the show because I was on. I think I was on camera, right? Yeah. And I was trying to hold it back, like you know, it was very, uh, it was very, very hard to. But these guys were so cool. And, um, you know, it was very moving. So please check that, that show out and check all of her programs out. But that one, it was, it was amazing. It was one, it was one of the best, uh, shows that of this year, 
of all the of all of our programs. So um, it was very good. So definitely. Oh yeah, I yeah. I've shared that so much because I just think everybody should see it. And um, but anyway, um, uh, thank you for doing that and um, for sharing that with us. It was amazing. Um, How can we follow you? You can follow me at Kente F on Twitter and Kente Fergerson, F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N. Of course, we'll be here Thursday. Um, this will be after Dre's show uh, with Cinema de Fromage. Uh, we'll be looking at the film Let's Scare, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Uh, I came out in 1971. I haven't seen it yet, so uh, I'll be watching it between now and then. Uh, and, of course, we'll be back with an all-new episode of um, Men and Women Talk to Mars Venus show. You guys have a great rest of your week. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.